Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Oxbow Rum Distillery, local family-grown small-batch rum embodying the essence of Louisiana sugarcane harvest. OxbowRumDistillery.com. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Some of my favorite shows have been those where the guests have figured out how to turn their passion into a business, whether it's scuba diving or jewelry making or beekeeping. So it's a treat today to get to visit with two more such individuals who have seamlessly blended their work with their play. And what's great about these two is that their play involves extreme physical activity and skill. Joining me is Lee Gilbo, owner of Uptown Climbing, a rock climbing studio in Baton Rouge that offers climbing in many forms for climbers with various levels of experience. Lee and Rob Antrobus, his business partner, opened the studio in 2017, two years after meeting just by chance at an industry conference in Colorado. At the time, they were both trying to open gyms here. They decided to team up and combine their skill sets, and six years later, Uptown Climbing is the largest climbing studio in Baton Rouge. Lee and Rob are both Baton Rouge natives. Lee has a kinesiology degree from LSU and worked a bit out west in the mountains before coming home where he worked as a trainer for more than a decade before opening Uptown Climbing. And Lee, it's such a fun story. Thanks so much for coming to join us today on Out to Lunch and tell us about it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. With me and Lee at the table is Eric Otz, a professional acrobat and aerialist who owns a fitness studio that specializes in the circus arts called Acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Eric opened the gym in 2016 and teaches students of all ages how to do circus tricks, which includes balancing poses with partners, twisting and hanging from silks, and even trapeze. Eric has been doing acrobatics for more than a decade. You might recognize his name because I introduce him in our closing credits every week as our photographer. And photography is something he enjoys doing in his free time, which <laughs> it sounds like you have a lot of fun, Eric. And it's nice to have you joining us on this side of the table this week instead of behind the lens. Yeah, sure. This will be a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Well, Lee, let's start with you, and let's go back to uptown climbing. Um, I mean, I remember rock climbing seemed to come on the scene when my kids were young a while back, and rock climbing walls were everywhere. But it's apparently, it wasn't just a fad. This has become a real fitness thing. Sure, yeah. The evolution of climbing as an indoor sport is very interesting and has continued to explode and expand um, over the last decade or so. Um, we have a lot of uh, information of, uh, and help from other gyms around the country that want to see it to continue to grow and uh, different organizations like USA Climbing, that's kind of an athlete hub for potential Olympians now. Wow. Uh, there are climbing wall associations and professional organizations that go along with that too. So, so at, at Uptown Climbing, it's a big gym with 
like dozens of climbing walls, a few? Yeah, so our space is 10,000 square feet. Uh, there is an upstairs area for climbing that doesn't involve ropes, but everything on the first floor, you have a harness, you're tied in or clipped in to a, um, a top rope system or a, an auto belay that lowers you to the ground when you're done climbing. So the ceiling height is 35 feet at the peak, three-story building. Wow. Um, yeah, and there's uh, 60 or so stations downstairs, so different lanes of climbing from floor to ceiling. So you can have as many as, theoretically, 60 people there at one time if you've got yeah, it, enough help to make sure they're all... Sure. It is tough. Some of the routes will overlap if they're side-by-side side adjacent routes. So it's rare that you'll have every single lane filled up at the same time. Um, but people are there a packed uh, night or a weekend might have 100 to 150 people in there at one time. Excellent. And so if climbing isn't your thing, maybe circus arts are. Eric, you must be the only circus arts gym in Baton Rouge. Um, maybe the only gym that we advertise ourselves is specializing in circus arts. There's plenty of gyms around here that have uh, uh, little classes here and there. Um, I believe uh, I believe Uptown has has silks still and partner acrobatics. Yeah, uh, so I think we we really made our name though specializing in the circus arts, being an alternative to gymnastics gyms. Most of how we positioned ourselves. Now you've never been in a circus, I gather, or have uh, you? No, not really. I mean, I've, I've worked independently for people here and there. I've never run off and joined some big circus. <laughs> so no, I've, n- I've never done that. So how did this idea come about? Um, um, came about in a time where I had, uh, I was suffering from a, a back injury and I had to drop out of college to, uh, to do a lot of rehab and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, and just through my, my rehab journey, I, I fell into, uh, acro yoga and partner acrobatics and through that, all the other circus arts that kind of came with the, uh, the culture. And so it was kind of the idea for starting a gym was more just to have a place where I could do all the fun things that I like to do and love to do that, you know, I, I just discovered and it just seemed like a great way to fund itself and, and keep that kind of lifestyle going. That is amazing. And so walk me through the paradox here, because one might think that if you have a back injury that you're recovering from, acrobatics and circus arts would be the last thing you should be doing but uh, you're gonna tell me that it's actually really good because it strengthens um those. yeah yeah well I, I think in general what it, it did for me was it got me up and moving a lot and just doing a lot of physical activity I wouldn't have been doing otherwise I had my heads and books so I was you know like working jobs trying to make money and I could just feel my my back and, and my legs and my body just kind of just slowly just I don't know just going away toning down just pain increasing with that Mm -hmm. and i think just the uh just the culture of being outside just just having fun with people and and the good vibes that comes with all that just i don't i don't know exactly what it did for me but it it definitely helped me out and it put me on a different path so exciting much less pain these days yeah that's awesome so what was your journey, Lee? I love the fact that you just literally met this guy from Baton Rouge when y'all were both at the same conference in Colorado, and you were both kind of working towards the same goal, and you decided to collaborate. Yeah. I, um, from my college days at LSU, uh, continued to have climbing as a hobby and started to do it more and more and go out to different areas around the country to climb outdoors. 
uh, it wasn't until I really decided that Baton Rouge was my like forever home, I guess, and I wanted to stay here for longer than um, indefinite mm-hmm. uh, that I decided that we kind of needed something to a, a hub, a place to climb. Um, I went through a couple of different potential business partners that I met through the climbing community. Um, and the climbing community at that time was uh, LSU had had a climbing wall that you said you had visited mm-hmm. for since 2000 when I was a, a, in college there. And then I worked with Breck too at the Perkins Road yeah. Park for a bit. Uh, so I tried to continue to build the wider public uh, awareness of climbing with Breck and help them there. Uh, that actually ended up being a pretty nice and small hub, but to just to get the awareness out and people would come to that park for other reasons and see this freestanding tower uh, right. at the Perkins Road Park. And so at some point I said, you know, I have to get out of um, the city, get to this conference that they had been doing for decades at that point to learn more about the industry. And um, there happened to be a startup session before the conference, uh, which was how to start your gym, the, all the steps you need to do, what the financials look like, the essentials to finding property, the insurance aspects, the legal aspects. It's just kind of all encompassing how to begin. Uh, and in that same conference was Rob. He was sitting in the same row, I remember. Um, and at the lunch break, we just did quick introductions. And y'all didn't know each other. He at all. Was a, we didn't know each other at all. Never Love met it. before that day. He was a, a big boomerang because he had worked um, with Fortune 500 companies in New Jersey and then moved to California. He was living in California at the time. And his business partner, the same situation, it kind of fell through. Something happened and he had to uh, bail from that opportunity in California. And so he was considering, slightly considering coming back to Baton Rouge to, to live here again. That worked out so well. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about the fun stuff that y'all do in the in the gym, um, Eric. But but let's stay on this business track for a minute. I mean, is it difficult to start up a gym, and and to get the financing and to get customers to come? And we could probably talk about insurance all day. But I mean, how? And so we'll pivot to that in a minute. But Please how, no. How let's was, not, <laughs> not talk about insurance all day. But was it? I mean, is it difficult? Um, I would. It, it is difficult. I would say it's more frightening <laughs> than, uh, than difficult. Um, uh, we, we started with very little startup cost and got lucky just being uh, the, the first people to, to really push the things we push. And then uh, there was a movie that came out around the same time. Uh, that was called The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, circus movie. Thing, oh, huh? man, just flight of, of customers after that movie came out. So just, I don't know how much our success was just based off of that movie, almost. Excellent. Uh, but Have you heard of Free Solo? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's on my watch list. Hollywood. Oh, man. <laughs> Did friends invest to help you get started? Did you actually buy a facility or you just rent a gym space? Uh, at least uh, we have leased all of our spaces we we've operated out of three spaces now uh all of them we've leased uh we didn't actually need to save up any money uh, it took about i invested about 25k uh my girlfriend stephanie lee also my business partner invested the same amount uh same for the other partners we have there's just a few of mm-hmm. them uh it was very very low cost nice uh so it wasn't difficult to start okay uh, uh it was just 
frightening. I guess I think that's the difficult part is taking that that first step out there and uh, and just committing yourself to doing it. Yeah. And not knowing what comes next. And so is it hard to? And, and what about you, Lee? Um, it's when you all got together and you had. Yeah, a lot of the expertise. same hurdles. The biggest ones were financing. The next biggest one I would say was uh, space, mm-hmm. and we looked at just about every existing warehouse space in the city that we yeah. could um and none of them were just quite right everything needed just a little bit too much renovation to actually make it work to get either the height of the ceilings that we wanted yeah. for epic climbing feel um or they had the height but they were much too big or much too small as a footprint size so we ended up finding a space um through a realtor that was just a parking lot and decided to go for a ground building. So y'all up building. built ground up, yep. right, and I've passed mm-hmm. that impressive building. Yeah, and uh, so that's honestly was the best possible s- scenario we and could then design. And then y'all it. have to buy a lot of equipment, obviously. You have to buy the walls, do. the it's very, harnesses, and all yeah, that. Yeah, very equipment-intensive uh, activity, um, the way we have it set up. And the building contractor was separate from the climbing wall contractor, so mm-hmm. we had a another company that's been doing this for 30 years, just building climbing walls. Wow. They helped us go through that design process and fit it to the space of the building that we had. And, and so the, the, this industry of climbing, indoor climbing is roughly 30 years old. It came about in the early 90s, late 80s? Yeah, I would say the earliest gyms were in the States were early 90s. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Lee Gilbo of Uptown Climbing and Eric Otts of Acro. Eric, do you have a lot of equipment in your gym? Um, um, <clears throat> so the, uh, the things that we do that take the most uh, amount of equipment uh, is probably the aerial arts, uh, the trapeze, the silks, uh, there's rope, there's all kinds of different apparatuses. Uh, I would say we, with that, we face similar challenges in finding a space uh, that has the ceiling height. Uh, that it seem, really seems to be the most difficult thing around here for something mm-hmm. like that. And it, same thing for, for a climbing gym. You know, you want, you want high ceilings. People go up high. We need high ceilings for people to hang off of things. Uh, and a lot of buildings around here just don't at all meet that criteria. It, it, was, it was very difficult actually finding one. Uh, yeah. So did y'all, do y'all have to be certified to do this? Like, like I'm thinking of going parasailing when you're in Acapulco and you're like, do y'all know what you're doing? And they're like, yeah, you're right. And you're like, okay, winging a prayer. I mean, how do you, is there a climbing wall or a silk aerial uh, artist s- certification? The, the circus arts, uh, for most of its history, has largely been uh, like the way you learn is you don't get certifications it's more like close-knit you go into a, a, a community like uh, back in the day it was like family-owned circuses you would have to travel and go learn from them uh, it, it was more recently that the, the circus arts and, and teaching and learning it has really spread um, and because of that there's no real uh, body that offers certifications uh, that anyone really like looks at and respects it's not like a personal you know trainer certification where we have a few uh, uh, you know big companies that offer those that people recognize uh, it's it's not like other sports like gymnastics where you can go you know and get certifications as a coach it's, it's very much uh, uh, just learning from experts and then and then applying that in your own way uh, so that I, I definitely foresee that there will be, you know, plenty of certifications in the future as, as time goes on and this gets more, you know, accepted, more in demand, more widespread. 
Interesting. What about in climbing? Yeah, there are uh, certifications for teaching and um, and having a space like this because it is quite a dangerous activity if you take a one misstep. Um, <clears throat> anytime you leave the ground, whether it's on a ladder, up a flight of stairs, you know, you have a risk for falling. This just increases that risk as, as you're going 35 feet high. Uh, so the Climbing Wall Association, which we've been a member of since the beginning, has their own um, certification. And I went through the process of being a, a certification provider so I can train all of our staff to be qualified to teach, recognize safety issues, that kind of thing. Um, and that's a really good organization that's gym specific. Yeah. They kind of piggybacked off of the American Mountain Guide Association, which was outdoor specific. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot fewer considerations because it's an enclosed and controlled environment. Do y'all have an average client or customer profile? Is it mostly young women in their 20s or guys or yeah, is it really all over Most of our walk-ins are, um, I wouldn't say there's an average age range because we get three to 83 year olds climbing. Really? Yeah, it's a so huge range. Is like your oldest. Our oldest is 83 up right, to the top of it. the wall. <laughs> um, but it's really the main thing that ties them all together is people wanted to try something new. Uh, they may have seen it somewhere on TV, online, or what have you, and they just wanted to see if they could do it themselves. What about you, Eric? I uh, so we, yeah we it's kind of similar. We have a range. You know, we get little little three year olds wanting to come take classes. We'll we'll have uh, elderly people wanting to come try like a very some very simple acro poses and, and we have a range of classes for, for kids and adults that offer that. Uh, I would say the bulk of our business is built off of uh, kids who just cannot be fit into any uh, typical kind of sport around here. Mm -hmm. uh, like you, you just try to put them in football or baseball or gymnastics and it's, it's too it's too putting them in a box. I, I, I find we get the, the rowdy rebel kids. Uh, <laughs> the free spirits. The free spirits, I guess. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's good because I feel like I definitely was one when I was little. I was going to say, why does this not surprise me? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, awesome. But, yeah, I would say that that would be the bulk of our, our, our paying customer base is, is those kinds of kids. And what do do most of them want to do, like partner acrobatics where you're balancing them and they're flipping each other, or is it the silks? That, what's the most popular circus art, I would I say the, the two things uh, that people gravitate most to is the silks, just because it, it, it just looks, you know, mm -hmm. so pretty uh, just to watch, and it's, a, it's an amazing workout, too. I don't do it too much, but tears up my core when I do do it really? yeah so I know it's hard uh, and then the other one would be the uh, our parkour classes kids the love parkour yeah. and yeah that's, that's one of my specialties is what I teach and coach and what does that entail um it's it's getting from uh, like uh, just imagine you, you put yourself anywhere in any kind of environment usually you'll see urban environments that people are, are doing parkour in it's it's picking like a, a path a route or a line across buildings or, or benches or whatever you know you can find in your way that looks fun uh, and then and then trying to uh, uh, trace a path you know through that as quickly as possible without getting hurt um, basically you can you can liken it to obstacle racing okay yeah uh, ninja warrior um, if you ever seen like military obstacle courses where they mm. race it's really what it has its base in uh, but Mostly what the classes do is they, they give you a few basic skills to interact with your environment. 
then the rest is open game and, and it's more about creativity and expression uh, okay. than it is uh, honing yourself to a point on like a few different tricks, like something you'd be in so gymnastics. interesting. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming, I mean, is there really, what are the fitness benefits, I guess, of acrobatics, of climbing? Um, do you get a cardio workout in addition to the obvious core strengthening? Uh, interestingly, I've done a lot of, you know, research, and there's a ton of uh, scientific research that goes into climbing and the benefits. Yeah. Uh, my background is fitness, so when you say cardio, we're talking about getting our heart rate up for an extended period. Yes. And most climbs last... 30 seconds to two minutes maybe and so we do have some anaerobic qualities but it, the majority of it is strength training so we're using every muscle from fingertips to toes to get up the wall mm -hmm. and uh, the main thing that most people feel when they're done climbing is their forearms so their grip strength is kind of the weakest link mm -hmm. of that as you do more and more climbing your grip gets stronger and you learn more flexibility through your hips more strength in the shoulders you have to connect that through your core so there's certainly a, a physical benefit and a lot of people do are attracted to climbing just for the physical benefits but a lot are attracted for a, a variety of other reasons too so like, like we said the community okay. uh, the climbing community is very supportive very positive in general and um and so it's kind of a good place to hang out and mm -hmm. in between climbs you're talking about the climb you're talking about the challenges that it, you faced on the wall. And so there are different um, levels of difficulty with your walls. Yes, so like they're yeah. Easy, like the blue slopes or the green slopes. Yeah, exactly. Um, very similar to, to skiing. We can set different routes on just about any of the walls in the gym. Uh, all the walls are at kind of at different angles. So the easiest wall would be a little less than vertical. So leaning forward just a bit, you can kind of walk up a ramp, a very steep ramp. Uh, the most difficult being overhanging where you're under the wall and your feet are hanging or are forced out, um, not underneath you. Um, our speed wall, which is one section where we have the only two identical routes in the whole gym, uh, are side by side and you're racing to the top. People really love that because they can relate to going fast sure, on the wall. Sure. Speed climbing is its own, its own um, uh, event, I guess, and you could say, mm -hmm. its own category of climbing. So very few, there, there are plenty of athletes and it's an Olympic sport, um, uh, but, um, but it's easily related. And, and with acrobatics, um, Eric, mostly strengthening as well, or do you get a, core, uh, a cardio workout? Uh, are you huffing and puffing when you're hanging from a, a silk? Uh, oh, you, you definitely do, yeah. Uh, if, if you're into the aerial arts, lots and lots of upper body strength and, and core work. Uh, I, I find the thing I love most uh, really is the, the parkour stuff. I love teaching it because the very basics is, is teaching people how to interact with the ground before anything else because a lot of parkour is done over you know, like concrete surfaces, uh, very dangerous places, <clears throat> and you don't have a nice like soft gymnastics floor to roll onto. You don't have some crash mats to crash onto. Uh, it's just it's just your body and the hard ground and uh, after I I did a little stint uh, at the end of college in nursing school and I worked a lot as a uh, as a uh, nurse practitioner and uh, just seeing the amount of people who get hurt and break things and yeah. and lose their lives just from getting out of a bed and falling and hitting the ground uh, it's very eye-opening so I, I get a lot of satisfaction uh, 
teaching a, a class full of kids how to hit the ground in, in so many different ways and then get back up without having a scratch. And then, you know, having parents come back and tell me a couple weeks later, like, oh, we were at this event or this game or something, and my kid, like, fell and then, like, took this tumble and just popped right back up like nothing happened. i never seen that before. It's like, that was totally oh, from your class. Is, that I was is like, great. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I really hope that stuff like that uh, sticks with people throughout their lives, you know, and, and so they can take that maybe when they're a little older. You know, and they, they yeah. trip and take that fall. Something kicks in in their, you know, instincts, and they, they hit a little parkour move and maybe don't break something, you know. Fantastic. Well, we're almost out of time. I'm so sad. Tell me real quick, any plans to expand, franchise, try to grow your, your concepts, or stay in Baton Rouge? Like, two words. Hmm. Uh, there are plans and, and hopes and dreams eventually. It okay. would be great to have another facility. Um but we're focused on getting this one just right, just the way we want it right now. So, Eric, about the same, yeah, yeah. Trying to trying to get our stuff right here, and then hopefully one day we can we can branch out, have some more locations. Well, Eric Otts and Lee Gilbo, it's always so great to meet people who are helping other people experience new challenges and skills. And y'all are both so interesting and so much fun. Thank you for sharing your stories with me today and taking time to be with me on Out to Lunch. Thanks, Stephanie. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Lee Gilbo of Uptown Climbing and Eric Otts of Acro. We had to edit the show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited version and learn more about Uptown Climbing and Acro by going to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken today by Stephanie Lee. You can find more of Stephanie's photos on Instagram at, at @meowmeow. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Oxbow Rum Distillery, local family-grown small batch rum embodying the essence of Louisiana sugarcane harvest. OxbowRumDistillery.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, there's one sponsor slot open for 2023. To learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, 
email info at inobroadcasting.com.